0: This is dead life. It's how we live, 24/7, 365. Check me. Gas station glasses. Don't care what the masses think about me with my sweet goatee. I'm rocking my doctors with a cup and a crease. I got that St. John's Bay and the clip for my piece. I look nice. I got dozens of dollars and that's right. It goes straight to my daughters and my wife. Making magic with the checkbook is a tiny <laughs> Looking better than ever they see the for themselves by 2043. I turn a honey-do list into honey done. I can flip a half bat in a half day, son. I'm in the zone. I'm on my grind, and I only had to use YouTube for time. Dad life, dad life, button-down plaid life. What you know about that burger-flipping dad life? Tell jokes, diet coke. It ain't a bad life. It's a dad life. Me I may be new to the game, but I'm rolling in smooth. Anything is possible. New dad attitude. Crib locked down like it's Fort Knox, baby poof. And you know that food, non GMO. That's the proof. Pass on the Mickey and D. Not gonna give them the mac and cheese. Uh-huh. Not gonna give them my sugar drinks. I only give on that gluten free. Uh-huh. Yes, indeed. Uh-huh. Bye bye, baby gift card. Yeah, I'm spiking that. Stinky baby booty, no sweat. Yeah, I'm wiping um- that. I get hit the park in the zoo on my brand new hip last stop Dairy Queen get that double dip
1: Yeah, yeah, that's our way of saying happy Father's Day, right? Uh, I, th- I think maybe I can relate to a few scenes in there. I may not want to admit it, but I'm sure I'm on that track. Uh, sincerely, happy Father's Day, and to the dads and father figures in the room. I hope you found yourself in that video somewhere, right? Hey, yesterday we celebrated Father's Day here on campus, and there's nothing that says Father's Day like a bunch of cars in a parking lot. So I think we've got a recap video here of yesterday's car show. Raise your hand if you happen to be out here yesterday. It was hot towards the afternoon. We had about 90 cars show up. We think a couple hundred people. We had food trucks. It was a great day of just conversation and uh, doing what Fitz talked about, being a church for the community, of doing something where maybe we'll be known as more than just the church with the green roof. Maybe we'll be known as the church that did that car show or does that that thing. So... uh, we had a great time, great turnout. And so just a little recap here of what you can see in the cars. And um, we had a guy out there who's catching drone footage for us and uh, a great day. So uh, thank you if you helped us, if you served at that, if you give regularly, uh, your generosity helps to, to let us uh, host events like these. So I wanna a transition now and talk about something that I failed to do as a dad. I fail to wash my kids hands regularly. Any other dad in the room fail at that. You rely on your wife to have hand sanitizer at all times. Right? You go to a gas station bathroom. Maybe I'm not the only one. I'm sure every dad in here's like, "Don't touch anything." And that is your that is your method for keeping your kids clean. Don't touch anything. We can get in and out of here before any germs touch you, right? It's a failure. I admit that I do not wash my kids' hands regularly. Some of you may not want to shake my hand after today, and, and I understand that, right? That's fair. I just, it's a failure. I just wanted to admit that to you this morning, that it's not a strength of mine. But I think I'm in good company. You know, Jesus forgot to wash his hands once. He and his disciples were out, and they actually forgot to wash their hands. I want to share the story with you. It, it happens in Matthew. And so... The Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, "But why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat." So apparently dads were in good company because Jesus forgot to wash his hands sometimes as well. And I love this story. The Pharisees were like the religious leaders in this day, and they come to Jesus and they want to know why he's not washing his hands. I mean, he is traveling village to village. He's healing people. People who couldn't walk are now walking. People who couldn't speak are speaking. People who couldn't see are now seeing. And instead of being concerned about that, they want to know why he's not washing his hands. I mean, it seems like maybe the priorities were a little messed up, you think, right? There's a lot of injustice, a lot of poverty, a lot of immorality in this time period. And they want to know, hey, Jesus, why aren't you washing your hands? And classic Jesus is gonna do what he does best. I love how he responds to them. This is what he says. He answered them, and why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? Right? If you know anything about Jesus' storytelling, he almost always answers a question with a question. He almost never directly answers a question, and I love this. He's like, I wanna know why you, why you break, commandments right and he goes on to say this for God commanded honor your father and mother and whoever reviles father or mother must surely die but you say if anyone tells his father or his mother what you would have gained from me is given to God he need not honor his father right you you get them Jesus they want to know why you're not washing your hands and you respond with you should honor your parents you think maybe the Pharisees are like, what is this guy talking about? We ask him about hand-washing and he's talking about parenting, right? It makes no sense in their eyes. I can imagine the disciples standing near him be like, I have no idea where he's going with this, right? We've been following him around. This is like a common pattern. So I guess we'll just stand and wait because I'm sure he's up to something, right? And, and so I'm sure the Pharisees are standing there and they're like, what in the world is Jesus up to? And then he kind of drops the bomb on them. And so here's his final statement to him. It says, for the sake of your tradition, you have made void the word of God. You hypocrites. (laughs) I love this. Jesus turns a conversation about hand washing into a conversation about hypocrisy. Now that is great, great ability, right? You wanna know why I'm not washing my hands? I wanna know why you dishonor your parents. That's a great response, right? You see, because Jesus knew something Right? They were concerned about his hands, but he was worried about their hearts. Or they were concerned about his hands, and he's like, hey, I'm, I'm more concerned about what's going on in your hearts right now. Right? He, he says to them, hey, before we talk about whether I wash my hands or not and what my hand-washing practices are, how about let's focus on your hearts? Have you maybe forgotten what God told you long ago? Exodus twenty twelve honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving to you. We're continuing in our series this morning on the top 10 and looking at the 10 commandments. And last week we talked about how they're really not commands from like this harsh uh, God to his people. They're sayings and advice given from a loving father to his children. And he says, hey, if you'll do these things, Like, life will go better for you. And so this morning, we're going to talk about honoring our fathers and mothers. And it's an important command. And Jesus is reminding them here that that they need to be about that. Don't worry about my hands. Let's talk about your hearts. And to give you a little context of what's going on in this story, in this time period, there was no social security. There was no Medicaid, uh, there were were no retirement benefits, there was no disability, there was no pensions or uh, matching 401ks, none of that stuff existed. Uh, Your ability to survive was dependent on your ability to work. If you worked, you lived. If you didn't work, you died. And so it was very important in this time period for people to honor their parents primarily by taking care of them as they aged. It was part of their culture that when parents aged, the children would would physically and financially support their parents. Usually they would live in the same home. And so Jesus is questioning the Pharisees about why they're not doing this. Maybe you have experienced taking care of an aging parent. And, and I haven't experienced that yet. Maybe I'm watching my parents go through that with my grandparents, but I'm sure taking care of an aging parent parent is burdensome and it's probably really expensive and and time consuming and maybe a strain. And so it's in that reality that these Pharisees created a nice little uh, Bible loophole for having to get around taking care of their parents. They're like, okay, how can we honor God, but not do what he said, right? You ever find yourself in that situation? How can I honor God, but not actually do what he tells me to do? And so what they would do is they would say, okay, it's going to cost me this much to take care of my parents when they age. What I'm going to do is actually say, I'm devoting that money to God. And then when my parents get to a point where they need my help, I'll say, sorry, I can't help you. I devoted all that to God. Do you want me to steal from God? And so in this way, that's what he's talking about. He's saying, hey, Pharisees, you want to know why I'm not washing my hands? I want to know why you've stolen from your parents. I want to know why you think you are honoring me by actually violating the spirit of the law that I gave you. You found a way to get around honoring your parents, right? Their hands were clean, but their hearts were really corrupted, right? Their hands might've been clean, but their hearts were corrupt, Hey. And I'm wondering if there's any of us in the room today that maybe we have clean hands, but our hearts might be a little corrupted. I wonder if there's any of us in the room who have washed our hands of honoring our parents because it's really difficult to do, and so we have kind of washed my hands of that. And yet, what that has left is actually a very corrupted heart, a heart that is torn, a heart that is slightly broken because we're not honoring our parents the way God wanted us to. And so I think what Jesus was really telling the Pharisees, and if I'm gonna try to sum it up, I think what he was trying to say is there were no excuses for dishonoring our parents. Right, they come to him, why aren't you washing your hands? Why are you disrespecting your parents? You think you found a way around it. And I think what he's trying to tell them is there is no excuse for dishonoring parents. And and I will submit to you that I know what I just said might be very difficult for some in this room. You might be in here this morning, you might have a very strained relationship with your parents. You might have experienced abuse at the hands of your parents. Mental, physical, emotional, sexual. You might have not really ever known your real parents. Maybe you didn't grow up knowing your biological parents. Uh, Maybe your parents have passed, and you're actually holding on to a little bit of bitterness and resentment that's unresolved because you can't deal with them. They've passed. And so I will admit that what I just said is difficult if you find yourself in that situation. But I also want to encourage you that because it is difficult, doesn't make it untrue, Because it is difficult for us to honor our parents and that there are no excuses for dishonoring does not mean that it's untrue. It's still in our best interest to honor our parents, to honor our parents. So if you have a great relationship with your parents, continue, honor them, do what you're doing to bring honor to them. If you're someone who struggles a little bit, maybe you really don't like your parents, I'm uh, hopefully gonna share some things you can do today that might help you honor them in a certain way. God actually makes a promise in the 10 Commandments. When he when he gives this promise, when he gives this command, honor your father and mother, he attaches a so that statement. He attaches something, I think, maybe to encourage people to do it. And so here's, here's what Paul, here's how he summarizes what God said in the 10 commandments. It's in Ephesians chapter six, one through four, he says, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it might go well with you and that you may live long in the land Uh, honoring parents. God said actually brings blessing. It actually brings Life, very physically, if you're a small child, hey, honor your parents because they keep you alive, right? They feed you, they clothe you, they literally make sure that you don't die. All right, and as we get older, right, we become more self-sufficient, we become independent, but that doesn't mean that we get to skate around this saying from God. And so there's a promise. You will experience better life if you'll honor your parents. And we probably know this to be true, don't we? If you have a great relationship with your parents, That brings life, that brings joy and excitement. You look forward to going to their house. If you have a strained relationship with your parents, you probably dread Christmas and Easter and any other holiday where you're forced to be in the same room with them for long periods of time, right? Because it's heavy and it's difficult and there's a tension and a thickness in the air that everyone's aware of, but nobody wants to talk about because you don't wanna dishonor your family and yet all the while you're dishonoring your family by not talking about it. We're in like this catch 22 or what do I do? And so God says, hey, if you will honor your parents, it will actually bring life. It'll bring blessing to you and your family. And so you might be wondering, well, that's great. Okay, I get that. You're saying there's a promise. Maybe I should do this. But how? How do I honor people that I may not even like? How do I honor my parents if I've got a strained relationship with them, if there's tension, if there's unresolved conflict, how do I honor them? Are you saying that I got to go over to their house every Sunday and have dinner with them? Are you saying that I got to give them a big hug and a kiss, or I got to send fake text messages saying I love you when I'm really not sure if I do? Or what does it look like to honor our parents? And, and let's look back at the original command. Let's go back and look at what God actually said. So here's in Exodus 20:12, honor your father and mother. So that you may live long in the land your Lord, the Lord your God, is giving you. I'm not much on grammar or English, but I do know a verb when I see one. Every sentence has to have a verb, right? The verb in this command is honor. God said, honor your parents. It's a verb. It implies action. He's not describing some characteristic of you. He was saying. Honor, you should do something. And so here's how I want to frame up honor for us this morning. Here's how I want you to think of. To honor involves doing and maybe not doing. Honor involves doing and not doing. If you have a great relationship with your parents, keep doing what you're doing. Honor them. If you're struggling, maybe you need to do something or maybe the best method might be to not do something that you're currently doing that maybe actually fuels the fire of your relationship. And so I wanna spend the rest of our time together looking at some things that we could do to honor our parents or maybe some things we should stop doing that would bring honor to our parents. And so the first thing I think that might be helpful is that we should talk to them versus giving them the silent treatment. Maybe we should talk to our parents rather than give them the silent treatment. I love when my kids talk to me. Sometimes they talk a lot, right? And they're, you know, just about everything. But I love that they're willing to talk to me. It, it feels dishonoring though, and, and honestly really frustrating when I get the silent treatment, and mostly from my daughter, um, right? She's got that ability to give you a face and you know like she's mad and, and there's the silent treatment happening. But man, I feel so honored when my kids talk to me. And I wonder if our parents, if we're adults, if our parents feel the same, that they feel honored when we're at least willing to say hello or to talk to them in some way and to not give them the silent treatment because of something that might've happened 20 years ago. I'll give you a story. Uh, There was a young couple I was recently uh, counseling and the young lady in this couple has a very strained relationship with her mom, a very difficult relationship. And we were talking about, hey, what's one thing you could do to improve the relationship with your mom? And she was sharing that her mom is very negative and conversation will turn nasty quickly. And she will be quick to criticize and attack her fiance and how they're parenting and, and all this stuff. And, and so I suggested to her, hey, still talk to your mom. But when the conversation gets negative or nasty, just hang up the phone. And you might think, that doesn't sound very honorable to hang up on your mom and dad, but I'll ask you, which is better, to cuss your mom or to hang up the phone? Probably better just to hang up the phone. That's probably more honoring than allowing yourself to get drawn into a situation where you're going to look back and go, well, here, we're at it again. Simply say, I'll talk to you later, mom, and hang up the phone and try again another day. Maybe for some of us, we just need to start talking to our parents or withholding a little bit of a silent treatment. Yes, there should be boundaries. And yes, there are things that you might need to think about in that context. But I would encourage you, if, if you need to find a way to honor your parents, talk to them. And if you're a teenager listening or a kid, keep talking to them. I saw a meme once. It had this teenager and it said, I went downstairs and met those people. They seem real nice, <laughs> right? You know, maybe put down the phone and actually go have a conversation with mom or dad because it'll light up their day to just sit and talk with you. In fact, hey, you should tell them, hey, will you take me out like to dinner? And I bet they will. And they'll pay for it and you'll get a free meal because they just want to spend time with you. And so I encourage you, if if you're a kid or a teenager listening, do that to your parents this week. Say, hey, will you take me out for ice cream or dinner? And let me know if they don't and we'll, we'll follow up. But I got a feeling they probably will, right? Maybe another thing you can do is to start listening or maybe withhold criticism. Maybe for some of us to honor our parents, we might just need to start listening a little more and maybe withhold criticism. Uh, this is a trap that I can often fall into where I can become critical in spirit about some things that my parents did or didn't do and why this and why that. And it's very easy for us as adults to become very critical of our parents and why they did certain things. But I know as a dad, I love when my kids listen to me, especially the first time. It's really nice when you you say something, they're like, oh yeah, rather than like you have to remind them constantly. But try listening. And it might feel something like this. You might have to this is going to sound weird. You might have to see your parents as a dementia patient. And here's what I mean by that. If you have a grandparent or if you have a, uh, someone who has developed Alzheimer's or dementia, you know that they see and hear things that aren't there. They see and hear. My, my papa is in the early stages of dementia and he, he sees things and he hears voices and conversations and they're not real. I know that he doesn't. So I have two choices. I can combat him. Papaw, that's not real. That doesn't happen. Get it together. Or I can just go along with it and have a great conversation about something that's not even real. It doesn't matter. I'm just listening. And so maybe for you with your parents, maybe just listen. And they might talk some nonsense and ramble and you may not agree with everything they say, but maybe just withhold a little bit of criticism and just listen to them. Just let them talk and see if that doesn't help the relationship. That can be a way to honor parents. It's just to listen and to withhold a little bit of our critical spirit when we're talking to them. Uh, Another thing you can possibly do to help honor your parents is to extend kindness. Or maybe for you, you might need to withhold some harshness. Maybe extend a little bit of kindness. What's that old golden rule? Uh, treat others how you would want to be treated. Right? If, if we were to say, hey, um, the way I treat my parents is how I would want to be treated by them, we, we might be like, eh, I've got some things out of order there. And so maybe we just need to practice a little bit of kindness. And you have it in you. Right? If you're a believer in Jesus, you have the Spirit of God in you. And one of the fruits of the Spirit is Kindness. And so maybe we just need to tap into that a little bit and extend just a little bit of kindness to our parents. And that can look different in different ways. Maybe you don't want to talk to them. Mail them a card. Thinking about you. Maybe you can't even write anything in the card. That's okay. Mail a card. Extend a little bit of kindness. Withhold a little bit of that harshness sometimes that we can have towards our parents. And I get that that can be hard, especially if you have a strained relationship But again, it doesn't make it untrue. It could be helpful. It could be one thing you could do to move that relationship forward. Uh, Something else that you might be able to do is to begin to forgive versus judge. Uh, Maybe for you, a step you need to take in honoring your parents is to begin the process of forgiving them. And and I don't know everyone's individual situations and you might say, that is impossible. But I would disagree. All things are possible and we'll work together for good for those who believe in him. And so it is possible for you to begin to forgive your parents and maybe the step you need to take is to try to just withhold some judgment. Right? To withhold a little bit of judgment for decisions they made or things that happened when you were younger. And if you're in a situation where something serious happened to you, you might need to seek out some counseling. You might need to seek out talking to people about how you even, how do I go about forgiving someone that I hate? Call the church office. Get online. Find our contact information. Email us. Any of the pastors on staff would love to talk with you about what it looks like to begin the process of forgiveness. I wouldn't hang on to that bitterness anymore. I would let go of that judgment and begin that process toward forgiveness as a way to honor our parents. Because remember, life comes from honoring. And so if we wanna experience life, if we wanna be great parents to our kids, we've gotta learn to honor our own parents. And maybe that's through forgiveness. Uh, One last thing you might do is to help them versus abandon them. Maybe you could help them out with something versus abandon them. Guys, we we typically don't like to talk about our feelings a whole lot, but we like to do stuff. So maybe you, you can't talk to your dad, or maybe you don't want to. How about go cut his grass? How about help him with the landscaping? How about help him restore an old car? Find something you can do to help, to just offer just a helping hand rather than abandon them In their old age, rather than saying, well, they're getting what they deserve. Maybe we find a way to help. And if we can do that, I think we've got a good shot at honoring our parents. I want to put this in context for you. Um, There's a movie that I love. Uh, And it, it chronicles the story of this little boy as he grows up and some of you might be thinking it's like the sandlot or something right if you know the sandlot is a great movie where they're playing baseball and it's just a beautiful childhood uh, but this movie actually focuses on a child who didn't have that experience he actually uh did not grow up with parents in a baseball baseball stands watching or peaceful visits to grandparents on sunday afternoon the story focuses on his relationship with his dad. that really begins when he's about three years old, when his mom abandons the family. His mom leaves, she she gets with another guy. And so this little boy is left to live with his father. But what you need to know about his father is that he had some failed dreams and some injuries from from some sports that he had played and he had become an alcoholic. And so in his anger and his alcoholism, he took out that frustration on this young boy. And so the movie follows this relationship with this boy and his dad. And this boy experiences the wrath of his father regularly. There's not a week that goes by that he is not physically abused by his dad for his entire childhood. Grows up gets into high school. And he has some friends that invite him to church. And so he decides to go. And so this boy becomes a young man and he begins to go to church. And he finds out at church that he likes to sing. He didn't know he could sing prior to this. And so he begins singing at church regularly. And he comes to know Jesus at church. And yet when he comes out of the baptism waters, Yeah, he's a new creation, but he's still dealing with an earthly father that he really hates. In fact, for most of the movie, he refers to his dad as a monster. As a kid, he would draw pictures of a monster in his journal that represented his dad. And as he's approaching the end of high school, though, something very significant happens in their relationship. The dad gets diagnosed with terminal cancer. And as cancer will so often do, it changes this man's life. His dad's hard heart begins to soften just a little bit. His exterior begins to soften just a little bit. And so this young man, he's still a teenager, he has to decide, am I gonna get to know my dad in the little time I have left? Or am I gonna keep holding on to all these feelings I have? And he chooses, based on the power within him, the spirit of God in him to move toward honoring his dad. And so he, he, he takes care of his dad. He helps him around the house. They begin to talk and have regular conversations. And it wasn't easy. The movie will go on to portray the difficulty of trying to reconcile with someone that is a monster to you. And so he, he does all this and he actually helps his dad restore this old Jeep and they, the movie kind of paints that the last few months of their relationship was beautiful. And in fact, he is with his dad even up to his death. There's a picture from the movie here uh, from a scene where his dad is in the last uh, moments and they're just sharing and his dad says he's sorry, shares his heart with him and He he passes away shortly after this scene in the movie. And actually, this young man will go on to sing at his dad's funeral. Talk about a gift that God gave. What a way to honor his dad at the funeral. And his dad passes away. He continues on with life. But it's shortly after the funeral that this movie really tells you the big story. This young man would grow into becoming a prolific songwriter. Just a few days after his dad passes away, he has this phrase that comes into his mind. And he begins to write this phrase down on every piece of paper he can find. It's even on some of the pages with the monster that was his dad. And this phrase became a song. It took him 10 minutes to write out the words to this song. So it's in the situation of honoring his dad after his death that he wrote these words. I can only imagine what it will be like when I walk by your side. I can only imagine what my eyes would see when my face, when your face is before me. I can only imagine. Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus, or in all of you will I be still? Will I stand in your presence, or to my knees will I fall? Will I be able to sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak at all? So that young man who experienced the abuse from his father eventually went on to write that song that has brought hope and inspiration to millions and millions and millions of people. But I wonder if it's because he found it within himself, within the power of Christ to begin to honor his dad by talking to him and helping him out and forgiving and extending a little bit of kindness. God attached a promise, honor your parents so that You may live long. Life will flow from honoring. And so I want to leave you with this question this morning. What blessings might you experience by honoring your parents? Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for being a loving father that gives us commands, that gives us advice and lets us know, hey, if you'll just do some things, life is going to go so much better for you. But God, thank you that you didn't leave us alone in trying to, to do all these things, but you sent your son to die for us. If we accept him, we have his spirit in us. And so you didn't leave us alone to try and honor our parents through our own might, through our own will. You gave us your spirit. So God, help us to tap into that. Help us to submit to you, no matter how difficult the situation, and move toward honoring our parents. God, help us to extend the same grace to our parents that you have extended to us. God, may we do that starting this very day. It's in your name we pray. Amen.